Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. I read a funny thing from Larry the Cable Guy, who also wears flannel. He said he wanted to start a gym, uh, an exercise gym, that he would open in January and then close the whole business in February. <laughs> so that when you broke your New Year's resolu- uh, resolution, you didn't have to say you broke it, you just say, oh, my gym closed. My gym closed. Which I thought was brilliant. He was going to charge $50 for, you know, six weeks and close it all down. They give us an excuse. Well, as we begin this new year, uh, this morning is not about New Year's resolutions. I'm going to call it something similar, but something a little bit different. We're going to call it more or less. More or less. Now we can use that phrase more or less in different ways like how, how, how far is the Wawa from here? Uh, 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 you know more or less two miles let's say. More or less it means almost equal to. That's not how we're going to use it today. Instead we're going to use it as a contrast between more of something and less of something. All right. So more of something and less of something. There are papers that you that are going to be uh, given to you at this point, and um, please help with those. Okay, you guys grab this side here, and then you're going to fill in the blank. You will not be judged. You will not turn these in. You will not give. Um, you will not. <laughs> You will not uh, have to turn them in in any way. You will not uh, be graded on them. But it's something to help you remember. And also, we're emphasizing that idea that we're here for God. We're not just here to, to listen and be entertained. We're here to participate in what God is doing. And that's part of responding, responding willingly. And we're going to give you that opportunity at the end of the service today. Now, more or less, I'm going to give you a list of 10 of them. And wait, is it 10 or 9? Nine of them. And, but here's some that didn't make the list, okay? One is less pizza and more kale. That didn't make the list because there's no need for that, less pizza and more kale. First of all, there are a couple things wrong with that. Why would you give up pizza completely? And why would you ever eat kale? My wife has not recovered from the worst mistake that Chick-fil-A has ever made. Do you know what that is? They cut out the coleslaw and added a kale salad. Nobody in their right mind eats kale willingly. How many people eat kale? Just so we know. Okay, there you go. There you go. There's proof right there. So these aren't going to be less pizza and more, more kale. I, I left that one out. This one I thought was funny, but when I told it to my wife, she didn't think it was as funny. So we'll see how it goes over. You know, not every joke works. That's the way it goes. But, but uh, more exercise and less exorcisms. I think that's a good thing. I, I didn't include it, but I think that's good. Like if you need an exorcism all the time, that's probably bad. So that didn't really make it, but we could probably all use a little more exercise. But it didn't quite make the list. 
in there. So those are not part of the, the nine or ten that we're going to have today. But I actually do have some real ones. And the first one seems so simple, but it's so very real and so very powerful. And it's this one. Are you ready? All my kale eaters. That's a new ministry we're starting, kale eaters. And we're going to just put them in a room and lock it so no one else gets involved in that. Keep them separate from everybody else. And then we're going to have a, 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 a pizza, a pizza ministry. I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. Pizza ministry. But, but those that put pineapple on their pizza, they're not invited. They're not invited. We're going to introduce a new uh, BGMC coordinator next week. I'm not going to say who it is this week, but next week. But I had an idea for BGMC that if we raise a certain amount of money at an event and we'll decide what that is, I will eat a piece of pizza with pineapple. That will be what it is. I've already shaved my head, done my beard, all of those sorts of things. I will eat, and I'll do it in church on a Sunday morning in front of everybody so you know that I actually did it. Now, that is the ultimate sacrifice for missions. All right. Are we ready? No, I'm not eating SpaghettiOs. The Lord would not require that of me. Here we go. Number one. Ready? Smile more and frown less. Isn't that interesting? Smile more and frown less. Here's a biblical biblical background for that. Jacob and Esau, we know, had their, their struggles Jacob was a a sneak and a conniver, and he swindled his brother out of the blessing and the birthright, okay? And they separated for many years. And then they got back together again, and Jacob says this. I think it's around Genesis 30. He says this of uh, Esau, when I saw you smile, it was like the face of God. See, smile is a universal language, Smiling is something that everyone understands. You can go into any culture, anywhere on earth, and smile, and it has a a, a good connotation. It has an understanding. Smile more than you frown. You know how I feel about miserable Christians. I think it's an oxymoron. I don't think you can be miserable and be a true Christian. Because God has been too good to us. If we frown more than we smile, it, it says more about us than it certainly says about God. I mean, and so we want to smile more and frown less. And I found about uh, 10 or so reasons. Smiling encourages positive thinking. A smile makes you more attractive. Smiling is contagious. Isn't that true? If you smile at someone, they will smile back. A smile is a natural antidepressant. Smiling can make you look more intelligent. That's why I'm going to smile more in this year uh, coming up. Smiling is free. It doesn't cost anything. A smile can help your immune system. It's quick. It's easy to do. A smile can improve your relationships. A smile can lead to promotion at your job with the right attitude. It can lower stress. Smiles can help you live longer. Okay? Um, Smiles can be a pain reliever, and your smile can be a gift to someone else. And I found these from uh, lifejournal42.com. Smile more. Isn't it interesting? Something so simple can make such a difference in our lives and in the lives of others. Number two, spend less money on people you love and spend more time with the people you love. 
So the next two blanks are both spend. Spend less money on the people you love. But let me explain that. And I, I said a word maybe I shouldn't have said online. On if you're just a cheap sucker that doesn't want to spend a dime on anyone, that's not what we're talking about. That's a deeper issue. Okay? What I'm talking about here is spend less on the people you love to overcompensate for other areas of lack. Okay? Spend more time with people, and that will improve all of your relationships. And I'll just use parenting as an example, but this would apply in marriages and in many other different ways. You cannot spend your to get your children's love because it won't last. Because whatever you buy them, what you're teaching them is they want something more and they want something better. So you can't like never talk to your children, be gone all of the time, and then just throw money at them and expect everything's going to be fine. That, how many times, and maybe some of you have lived like this, that you had everything you needed except the affection of your parents? Well, never without. Had a car as soon as I turned 17 or uh, you know, college paid for or whatever, but I don't even know who my parents are relationally. You see what I'm saying? You can't spend your way into relationship. And so th uh, this year, let's focus on this. Spend less trying to gain the love of someone else and just spend more time with them because that'll matter so much more. I have a friend, Joseph and I are big soccer uh, fans, and we follow the English Premier League, and we, we root for the Wolves, the Wolverhampton Wolves. And the reason is, is because they're in the middle of the pack. A lot of people can root for it. Some of you don't understand this. Brother Frank, you'll get this. Brother Frank is actually listening today. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm just kidding. I pick on Liz and you get off the hook. I'm picking on you today. And a lot of people root for Manchester United. Everybody knows Manchester United. People root for Liverpool that I can't stand. And uh, they cheated to tie the wolves yesterday. But that's a story for another time. But Joseph and I, so I got for Christmas a wolves jersey. And it was so awesome. So I have a friend of mine. He's a, a soccer friend. And I texted him a picture of me and Joe in our wolves uh, jerseys. And he texted back. And he's not necessarily a church guy. Or I don't know if he's a believer or not. I don't know. He's just a friend of mine. And he texts back, you know what? You must be doing something right. He said, that's what I want with my children, they're younger than my children. I said, I want them to come home that I can give them the kit of our favorite team and we can take pictures together. And I, and I told them something. I said, Dora and I always, we didn't always have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of money now, but I mean, there were lean years when we were raising our children. We didn't always have money. We couldn't always afford everything everybody else had. But we always spent a lot of time with our children. And here's a key. Parent towards relationship. Parent towards relationship. That when your children turn into adults, they still want to come home. And there was a quote of George Bush Sr. He said this, I'm rich not because of the money I have, but because my children still want to come home. Spend less money and more time. Okay? And again, if you're just cheap, and your family goes without, that's a whole nother issue. You have a heart issue. I can't help you there. Only Jesus can do that. Make sure your family has what they need. But make sure they have the time. The time. 
with communication now, it's such a benefit. I talked to my parents when I was in college, maybe once a week, if that, because we had a phone in the dorm in the middle, and we had to use a, this is a term some of you want, it was a pay, pay phone. And you used to have to put like, you had coins that you would carry and you would put it in, and it would go and you'd, that's what we had. Now, you have so many opportunities to communicate, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, so, anyway, spend less money on people you love and spend more time with the people you love. And that time involves listening, talking, uh, paying attention, okay? Not just being in the room, but actually being in the room. You get that? Okay, number three. Worry less and worship more. Worry less and worship more. And here's how you turn worry into worship. And Romans 8.38 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And I, I think you can turn this and say, Nothing can separate me from God's love for me. Because he loves us, but he loves you. And nothing will ever stop that. And how he acts and how he works. If you went up a couple more verses is the verse that says, uh, uh, all things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Same chapter. Why? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Whatever you're worrying about, start to worship God with this premise. God loves me. He's with me. He cares about me. And he's working things out for my good. That turns worry into worship. Philippians, these are all verses you need to highlight. Romans 8.38, and it's longer than that, but I'm not going to share all of it today. And then Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done, and you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, and His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So what do we do when we begin to worry? We turn it into worship and we say, God, I know that you are a God of love. Again, look, we're putting a focus not on our problems, but on, on God. I know that you love me and I know that nothing will stop you from loving me. Then we choose not to let our minds dwell in worry. Do we all worry? I do. We all worry, but we don't have to live there. Pass through it. Turn your mind in another direction. Instead, here's what we do. I mean, Paul lays it out so simply. Pray about everything. Whatever you're worried about, pray about it. Worried about my, you know, children. Worry about finances. Worry about work. Worry about... Pray about it. Pray about it. I was talking with someone else this week about praying plan A. Pray plan A. This is what I would, would be awesome if it worked out that way. Pray that way. Pray plan A. Then let God be God. So pray about everything. Tell him what you need. Maybe here's another more or less in there. Tell less other people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't have to share every problem with every person you come in contact with. That's why people run away from you. Okay? I'm just saying. Everybody's got their own things. You, you look at people in church, you think, oh, they have their lives together. Not one of you have your life together. 
from here on back. Every single one of us is struggling with something. You don't have to tell everybody every problem every time you see them. Okay? Tell God every time. Okay? Tell God. Tell Him what you need. Here's the next part of it. Thank Him for what He has done. And when you begin to look back and thank Him for all of the things He's done in your life, He gives you peace. I, I look at this peace that goes beyond understanding as this. It's peace that goes beyond your circumstance. In this circumstance, I should be quaking and let, just staying in bed and never getting out of bed again. But somehow I have peace. How many, how many of you have experienced peace in your life when there shouldn't have been peace? Crazy thing. I went through all these years, about 10 years of terrible anxiety where I couldn't travel. Uh, almost it, at one stage it was agoraphobic that I couldn't leave my house other than for the house and the church. I couldn't drive anywhere into Vineland, to Deptford, nothing. I was so overwhelmed by, by everything. And, but I had to have different surgeries and procedures during those times. So you can imagine, take anxiety, then you throw in procedures. And uh, I would go, and every time I would feel peace. I'm like, I don't know what the Lord was doing. I'm much better now by God's grace, and I can travel again and, and all of that. I thank God for that. It's a very difficult life uh, when you just can't do the things that you want to and need to do. Very, very difficult. God has been good. Uh, anyway, um, I would go, and I remember specifically this one procedure I had, had to have, and... Um, As I went back to the surgery room, the operating room, there was a nurse there that had attended our church. And she put her hand on my arm, said, everything's going to be all right. And the peace of God, see, that's the peace that goes beyond all understanding. And God can do that in your life. And I have a million examples of those. Worry less and worship more. Number four, this is going to be a little bit more, okay? Just stick with me because this one's really important. Less anger and more assertiveness. Less anger and more assertiveness. And then I'll explain that to you. This is in relationships. Assertiveness is the opposite of avoidance. Okay? And I'm just going to play out a scenario for you okay? that, that happens, okay? but I'm just making up this scenario that happens. Let's say this. The wife wants a new outfit for a work party, but in the, in the uh, relationship, although the need is there, it's not expressed because I don't want to say anything. I know money's tight. Uh, I don't want to make it seem like it's all about me. And then what happens, dude goes out and buys a new truck. Okay? She's afraid to spend 100 bucks. He's not afraid at all to drop 50 grand. Well, she's furious, and rightfully so. I'm going to tell you how all this can be avoided. 1-800-CALL-PASTOR-SABELLA. Okay? It has one message. Don't do that. That's stupid. Okay? Anyway. Let me get back to this. Here's how this can literally help you. And that's an extreme exaggeration. 
okay, to make a larger point. Avoidance brings anger because our needs aren't meant. Assertiveness expresses our need in a respectful way that can be worked out together in this partnership, okay? So avoidance, she's furious, why? Well, I needed a dress, you knew that. Let me tell you a secret, ladies. He didn't know that. Wife says, I've been dropping hints. Tell you something else, so important. Dudes don't get hints. Thick, stubborn, dumb. Well, I, I thought you would just get it. We don't get it. You have to know this. You're giving us more credit than we deserve. We don't get, am I right, men? We don't get it. Wives are like, oh, I've been dropping hints for two months that I need a new dress. He's like, hey, did you see the Steeler game the other night? Hope they make the playoffs. And she's like, I've been dropping these little hints. Did, didn't you see the, 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 the ad I left up on the internet? No. Well, remember when we were talking about at the dinner table and I said we had a party? No. You're setting expectations up here, and dude is like down here, okay? This is where assertiveness will help. There's a party coming up on December 20th, and I'd really like to get a new dress. I've been working hard. I know finances are tight, but can we talk about it so we can work this out? Dude says, you know, the car's broke down and, and I need a truck for work. We're going to have to, you know, work on that too. No problem. Both of you have expressed what the need is. Hey, can we set a time to talk about it? Okay. Can I help you some more? Right when he gets home after a long day, might not be the best timing. Even though you've been waiting to talk to him all day, let him take a deep breath. Here's a better way to do it. Hey, after the kids go down, can we talk about this? Okay. Now, if dude says no, then he's an idiot and he needs, you know, help. Okay. But I'm, I'm just saying, just saying. Okay. So watch the difference here. Avoidance. I'm not going to say anything that I need a new dress, uh, you know, because I don't want to cause a problem and I don't want it to seem like, you know, I always need some. No. Assertiveness says, hey, I need a new dress for this. Can we sit down and talk about it? Then you go from there. And the reason I say this is, is because what happens when one partner in the relationship constantly, or, or I should say it like this, never has their needs met, but the other one is living however they want, it's just a matter of time before anger explodes. And what I'm trying to help you with is you don't have to get to the point of rage and furious if both of you are assertive in what your needs are. Now, let me tell you what assertiveness is not. Assertiveness is not abusive. It's not abrupt. It's not abrasive. It's kind of manning up and womaning up, if that's a phrase, enough to say, hey, here's the need, here's the situation. Can we talk about this and work this out? And if you love each other, and live as godly people, you'll be able to work it out. Maybe the dress comes first, and you know what? 
If, if you need a new tool for your home workshop and your wife needs a dress, dude, you better buy her that dress. Because if you come home with that new tool and she's still wearing her old clothes, God frowns upon that and she going to kill you. Okay? I'm trying to help you guys. You know how I know all of this? Because I'm probably worse than any of you. 32 years my wife has been dealing with me. God bless her. You know what I'm thankful for recently? She hasn't changed the locks yet. Every time I come home and the key still works, I'm like, well, glory to God. All right, let me get backtrack. You still there? Less anger and more assertiveness in relationships express your need. Okay? Express your need. Work it out. Okay? It can happen. And then you don't have this pent-up rage like a, a, a soda bottle that just comes. You know, rage doesn't happen automatically. It happens over time. Okay? So work on that. Be more assertive. This is what I need. This is what I know the finances. Da, 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 da. And guys, never buy a $50,000 truck without talking to your wife. Now, if you went to counseling for this, that'd be $150 for 45 minutes. So that's only been about 15 minutes, 100 bucks per couple. I take check, I take Venmo, I take... <laughs> All right, oh boy, and then active listening and action. I'll have to do that another time. Remind me of that and I'll talk to you about active listening, but assertiveness over anger, okay? Uh, active listening, action. That's part of it. Okay, next one. Give more and spend less on non-essentials. We as a family, and again, this is not something we don't do or don't, ask, I would never ask you to do what we don't do as a family. We give more every year than the year previous. And it's not always that we necessarily plan it, but at the end of the year we look and say, oh wow, we gave more than, than we ever did. And how do you do that? Well, you give more by spending less on non-essentials. It's very simple. It's a very, very simple concept. Now, what are the non-essentials in your life? That's what you have to decide within your family. What's essential and, not, and non-essential? You know, you need a car, you need clothes, you need a home, you need a job, you need, you know, whatever. A mortgage, insurances, you know, all of these things. Groceries. You need all of that. It's the non-essentials that'll get you. Watch, and I'm not against uh, good coffee, okay? I'm just going to use this as a, an example, okay? Because if you spend $5 on a coffee three times a week, that's $15, right? Times four weeks is $60. And you think, oh, $5 is not that big a deal, $5 is not that big a deal. Okay, so let's start multiplying it out. Times 12 is $720, cash, non-essential. So if I were to ask any of you, if you don't need $720, if you would see me after church, okay? But if I were to ask any of you, hey, can I give you $720 cash? Most of us would say, absolutely. There's $720 sitting right there. I know inflation is ridiculous. I don't grocery shop. I don't grocery shop for a couple reasons. Number one is, my wife told me, if I have to tell you what we need, 
it's easier for me to just go myself. That's number one. Number two is I would buy much more than we would ever need. Because I usually go to the grocery store hungry. Bad. Very, very bad. You know how the marketers put all that stuff right in your eye? That's me. <laughs> Door has a list. For the most part, she follows the list bad. Listen, but I know groceries are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Gas. It's coming down, but it's, it's high. Everything is, every single thing is expensive. And what we've done as a family is we've cut out the non-essentials and we've never stopped tithing. Not once has there been a month that we didn't give 10% of what the Lord gave us back to him because the first is always his anyhow. There's never been a month that we haven't done that. We just cut out other things. That's all. We just cut out other things. Now, if you're really financially struggling and there are legitimate reasons for that, I, I get it. I get it. But I'm telling you, when you put God in the equation, he takes those loaves and fishes and he multiplies them. I'm telling you. Everybody, that's really the goal for giving this year. 100% participation. Even if it's just a couple loaves. Even if it's just a little bit. And see what God is able to do. Now, your family has to decide what's essential and what's non-essential. Maybe, you know, you're on the road and you, you can't, you know, do it without coffee. I'm not saying don't drink coffee. I'm just saying you, you can't say you don't have enough to give to the work of the Lord if you spend $720 a year on coffee. That's all. I mean, maybe that only makes sense to me. I, I don't know. You know, I pay for 14 different subscription services at $9.99, but I can't give to the work of the Lord. I don't know. Maybe that's between you and the Lord. But our first goes to the Lord because we love Him. We love His church. We want to see as many people in heaven as possible. We want the kingdom to be advanced. We want all of the ministries that take place at Hope Assembly to have everything that they need. We want to support missions. Those are my priorities. And listen, I'm telling you, I know what it's like to have nothing. Believe me. I know what it's like to have nothing. I know what it's like to have bought clothes for the children when they were young and the car broke down and we didn't have any money and we took those clothes back when they would still give you money back, took the clothes back that they needed so we could get the money to pay for the car that was broke down. I know those days and that's when I was living here. Through nobody's fault, I'm just telling you, I know what it's like. And so we went and we literally did that. We took their clothes back so we would have that money depending on whatever, you know, and the rest was going to have to go on a credit card. And for some reason, that mechanic, not the one we know now, because we didn't know him now, that mechanic fixed our car and didn't charge us anything. So we went back and bought the kids the clothes that we had to take back. I know what it's like. By God's grace, at 56 years old, it's not as bad as that now. Thank God. Okay? But whatever stage you're in financially, it's not forever. It's not forever. Okay? If you're faithful to God, He will be faithful to you. Give more. Spend less on non-essentials. Oh, boy. Let me keep going. I'm running through pages here. Here's a good one. Less gossip and more grace. That's a good one, right? No, no, people don't like that one. They don't like that one. 
Can you keep talking about my husband? I like that part. Can you keep talking about my wife? I like that one. Less gossip, more grace. What is gossip? Gossip is a report, often malicious, about the behavior of other people, especially one that is spoken in low tones and whispers. Here's gossip. Hey, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? As soon as you have to do that, that's gossip. I don't care how you slice it. That's gossip. And don't do that. Instead, give that person more grace because you don't know their circumstances and you don't know what they've been through and what they're going through. You don't know what brought them to that point and you don't even know that what you're saying is true because you heard it from some other gossiper who didn't get it right. So look, project this out. If the information was wrong the first time and then it gets told 10 times, imagine how wrong it is the 10th time it was told. You see what I'm saying? Here's what we need to do as believers. Give that person the same grace that we've received from God. And here's what happens in relationships. When you give grace, you get grace. And when you're a judgmental, angry gossiper, guess what you'll get back? Judgment, anger, and gossip. This is why I'm sorry This is how I'm going to present it. This is why some are so afraid of what other people think. Because you're afraid they're going to think the same way you think about them. Did you catch that? Let me say it again. Let it sink in. You're so afraid, paralyzed by what other people think because you think you're going to be judged in the same way that you actually judge other people. That's why. Give them grace. Give them grace. I forgive you. I forget what that other person told me. Oh, you know that what that other person said? I chose to forget that. Here's a good gossip stopper. Okay? Let's say, and I'm sorry, Ray, you're just in the front row. Somebody says to me, oh, did you hear about Ray? Did you hear Ray? No, I didn't, but let's go talk to Ray. <laughs> hey, Ray, this person was saying, oh, it's funny how that stops it. Yes. Right away, isn't that something? <laughs> something you turn around, hey, let's go talk to them, and they don't know where to be found. Yeah. You be that person that stops it. As surely as the north wind brings rain, so gossiping tongue causes anger. Proverbs 25, 23. Fire goes out without wood. Quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Proverbs 26, 20. New Testament, Romans, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. Watch this list. Every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Gossip is not a sign of godliness. Grace is a sign of godliness. So let's have less gossip and more grace. Number seven. More scripture and less social media. I wrote that one for me. Because I can sit on my phone and just scroll through Facebook for no reason whatsoever. And, but that's not the problem. The problem is not scrolling Facebook. The scro- problem is, is what happens to my attitude after I've scrolled Facebook. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I think that person's stupid. See how judgmental and everything can be? See? 
More scripture and less social media. If you know more about pop culture than you know about the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's probably something wrong. Now, I'm going to talk about this often in this year that's coming as we talk about inviting courageously. Are you able to share the simple gospel message with someone? And if you can't share the gospel message, but you know whatever it is, pop culture, politics, or something else more, then there might be an issue there. If you've been serving God for 20 years, don't know how to present the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason I'm emphasizing this is because I saw a statistic, 62% of evangelical Christians, this is in the past two weeks, 62% of evangelical Christians believe there are many ways to get to God. Evangelical, that's what we are. And I have a lot of reasons why that's true. None of which I'm going to share right now because I don't have time. More scripture, less social media. Psalm 119.11. Highlight this one. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. This is David. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees, and I will not forget your word. I like social media, and I like it for these reasons, family, food, and fun. I love the fact that I can keep up with friends that I made in high school and know what's going on. We're, you know, we're all older now, and seeing what's going on with their family. I love rejoicing with them, you know, when they post pictures of their grandkids or stuff like that. I love that, and I wouldn't want to miss that. That's why I stay on it, okay? Family, that we communicate with family members. I've been kind of reacquainted with family members that live distances through social media, and it's fun. I like to post funny things. I like to post food to make people jealous, uh, but I like to do that. I, I like to... One of my pastor friends said, I saw your post. You know, you're just setting yourself up to be ridiculed. Like, dude, I do that on purpose because I like those little, I like when people are sharp in their quips. And I get it. I get it. But maybe we need more scripture and less social media. Number eight, more prayer and less powerlessness. More prayer and less powerlessness. Watch what James 5.16 says. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Pray. Pray. Let the power of God work. Have you asked the Lord for what you need? Pray. More prayer and less powerlessness. The power to be what God wants you to be. Number nine, more of the Holy Spirit and less of the holier than thou. Now, I've told you a lot of truths today, a lot, and there's a lot in here. I could have spent nine weeks, you know. This is an important one. You can't change anyone because you are not the Holy Spirit. And there is potential Potential that the more you try to change someone, you're driving them further away. Because you're going to be the one they don't want to talk to anymore. You are not the Holy Spirit. When you see things in someone else's life 
and you want to correct them, here's how they interpret it. You think you're better than I am. We might not think that, but that's how they interpret it. But when we see these things in someone's life and we take it to God, God, they need, uh, what would be? Well, they need to come back to you, Lord. Okay? There's probably nothing you can say that they don't already know. And the more you say it over and over again, they become more calloused. It's like the guitar player that you have to have calluses on your fingers to be able to do it. Because, and how do they get the calluses? By playing more and more. The more you repeat what they already know over and over and over and over again ad nauseum, the more callous their hearts become. Try this this year. Don't stop praying for them. Don't start living for God. Don't stop living uh, for God. But start asking the Holy Spirit to do what you can't do. And see what the Holy Spirit's able to do. Take yourself out of the equation and let God be God, okay? Instead of us trying to be God. And let's see what happens there. All right. There's a lot. There's a lot. Now you're going to have a quiz on all of this, especially that assertive anger thing, okay? Active listening, these other things, that's extra money. I'm sorry. That is extra money. That's another 50 bucks on top of what you already owe me. I have Venmo. Not one of you Venmoed my account because it, it clicks on my phone. I'm just kidding. I don't, please don't do that. I was, that's a 100% joke. Okay, now it's your turn. What is it that God is speaking to your part? This is that new part of respond, respond willingly. This is the new part. See, I've done my part. I've prepared, I've prayed, I presented. That's my responsibility before God. Now it's your turn. And if I do everything for you, you're not going to grow. Okay? You have to take these steps to grow. The other part of it is, I don't know what God's speaking to your heart, that you need less of one thing and more of something else or more of something and less. I don't know. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to have Ray and his team come back. What's the last song, Ray? I will look up. <laughs> Good one. Um, and Sarah, if you just start playing that in the background before we sing together. And I'm going to give all of you just a couple minutes. It's not even noon yet. Okay? Because uh, I understand when noon hits, you know, God has to stop. I totally get it. I've been in church my whole life. I totally get it. What do you need less of and what do you need more of? Oh, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it down and here's why. I'm, I'm being funny in this, but you're not going to remember. How many of us just this week said, oh, I'll never forget that. And what did we do? Forgot it. How many of us in our lifetime have said, you know what? I'm going to put it here so I don't forget where I put it. <laughs> We're all going to forget. What helps us is to write it down. Okay, to write it down, to review it once in a while, that'll help you remember it. Write it, review it, will help you remember it. So as Sarah's playing in the background, just begin to ask God, God, what are the areas of my life that I need less of and more of? And just jot those things down. No one's collecting them. No one will see them. You don't have to share them. That's between you and the Lord. This is for you to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. 
Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.